Animal Fire Radio. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at boxalarmgrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom design, one-offs to department orders, they can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on and they provide nothing but top shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform. And Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to episode 20 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio. And I still think I'm going to be amazed every time I say these numbers. Like, it's like a new thing for me, but the number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I just keep getting more and more excited every time I get to say what episode we're on. Um, So that's kind of exciting. Um, this is a really cool episode of the podcast because this is like a part two, I guess, from an episode that we recorded for National Fire Radio last year uh, with good old Robert Ridley, who is running either late or uh, MIA right now to join this talk. But we kicked it off anyway here because the size up starts on time, uh, unlike some other <laughs> podcasts I may know. Uh, and my guests were anxiously waiting to to jump on. So here in, uh, it's cool because we have international listeners, so I can kind of say this as well. Here in the United States, the month of June is known as uh, Pride Month. And we did an episode last year on National Fire Radio that we didn't really call the Pride Month episode, but we interviewed my good friend Dallas Cooper from Texas. Dallas, how are you doing today? Doing good. Good to see you again. That's great to see you too, man. And we had a great episode um, yeah. with Dallas last year. And it was interesting because, like I said, we didn't call it the Pride Month episode. We just interviewed Dallas as a, as a fire captain there in, uh, in Houston. And about halfway through, we had – it wasn't like a reveal, was it? I don't know. What do you want to call it? How, how did no, we... no, but it was, it was a great um, – it was a great segue, you know, into it. And, and it just like kind of the way Rob uh, did it, it just was like, bam, in your face. You know, not in your face, but – 
you know, because it was me rambling about the Houston Fire Department for almost 25 minutes. <laughs> and I listened back to it and I'm like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. You screwed that up. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were going to make corrections today. No, no, there were like Actually, a few things I was like, the oh, there was, yeah, there were a few things I said. I'm like, we don't have 50 something ladder trucks. Where did that come from? <laughs> but it helped also uh, with my nerves a little bit because it was a, a, a sensitive subject a little bit or personal. <laughs> A very personal subject. And I think it was good the way we rolled into it. And I know you've gotten a lot of feedback throughout the year. I know I've gotten a lot of feedback throughout the year about it. But before we, we get into your story, I do want to introduce Carrie Lawson, who's sitting there very patiently waiting to join our conversation. Carrie, can you Hello. tell everybody uh, where you're from and what it is you do? Uh, I am from the Charleston, South Carolina area. I work for St. John's Fire District, and I am currently an engineer on a Quint. Oh, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. And on the, yeah, and on the Marine team. And on the Marine team. Oh, cool. Because you're on an island, right? St. John's is, is an island. Correct. Sort of, kinda. Correct. Yeah. St. John's Fire District covers four different islands. Okay. Um, but those islands, you, so you have the mainland like, and then you go out to the island, like people live on the island? Or? Well, they're just called like, so um, John's Island, uh, Wadnalaw Island, um, Seabrook and Kiowa Island. Okay. But they're like true islands, like no bridge to get there. You got to take a boat. Yeah. Or... Okay. Yeah, there are bridges, like small ones. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Do they have any stations out on the islands? Yes. Um, station two, where I'm from, or where I'm stationed at, is on Seabrook. And then we have two stations on Kiowa, one on Wadenlaw, and um, the rest are on John's Island. So, um, and we have seven stations. Awesome. That is really cool. And I guess that's why you need a Quint, because you're kind of alone for a while, I would say. You have to be able to do everything. How many people ride on the Quint? Five or four? Four. Or no, I'm all for the Quinn if you can get five people on it. <laughs> right? I feel like that's what it is. That's like the give and take that if you're going to make me do both jobs, I want to have five people with me, four other people with, and me, let's say. Yeah, so, that would be nice for sure. It's definitely the dream when you have that. But And uh, usually, well, I should say this, the last time I interviewed Carrie, she had a wicked mustache like Dallas and I have right now. Yeah. She, she forgot it today. I did. I feel bad. I think... Yeah, I think I will forever be remembered as the girl with the mustache at FDIC 2023. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, there's no doubt because it was Thursday at FDIC and I saw you at like one in the afternoon and I ran into you again that night at like 8.30 at night and you still were the girl with the mustache. Yep. <laughs> it was like the best fake mustache ever. Yeah, it was fun. The looks that I got were pretty amazing <laughs> awesome and you have been married to your partner for 10 years if i did my internet research correctly or uh no um six um but uh <laughs> and that ends this year um it, it's uh better bittersweet i guess but it's gotcha. amicable gotcha 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 understand understand um, so with that kind of, and, and moving into to the future, you do travel a lot. I know that. I know we're going to get into your travel here for sure. Um, but to pop back over to Dallas and then we're going to kick it back and forth, you know, this past year, you know, getting comments about the last podcast, you know, how, how did that change things for you? Um, socially at work, you know, anything like that? Um, it worked. It, it, it just made guys really proud. Um, a lot of them were friends. Um, I'd pass it to them. Um, there were some apologies actually a few times, like, man, I really didn't know all that was going on. I feel like a, I wasn't as good a friend or a coworker. And I go, well, I hit it. I kept it a lot of it to myself. 
until I decided it was time to stand up for myself, you know, that, but uh, the messages I get from people, and I'll, I'll tell you that there's some of them that is, I can't even make it through them. I have to like take a minute, process it and read, you know, the, the thank yous and all that stuff. Um, glad I'm not alone. I feel alone, you know, uh, one person said, thanks for paving the way. And I go, oh, I don't think I did that, but <laughs> I just talked on a podcast. I think yeah, I was like, I did. yeah, you know, um, but it, it's changed it, it, and I still share it to this day. Um, uh, and I either get, you know, some people just go neat, you know, that I did get one negative um, about a guy I talked about in there. Didn't mention his name, but he knew exactly who he was. When you talk about the guy from the Confederate flag, he called me up and he goes, man, we worked together for years, this, that, and the other. I can't believe you thought that of me. And I go, I never hid my feelings. I mean, you're, you're, we were assigned to the same station, you know, we were on the crew, you know, you, you were just the racist POS. You know? and <laughs> I called you out on it, <laughs> but I called him out to that, like all the time, like his opinion on things. It, it, it was nothing new. He wasn't like shocked. He just felt, I don't know how he felt, but he called me. He was really drunk when he called too. <laughs> I was going oh, to ask, did that help the situation or make it worse? I think he's an 18 pack a day kind of guy. So it was, it was, you know, I had to, as soon as the phone rang, I knew what he was <laughs> calling about too. <laughs> yeah. But I think too, with, with one of the things that, um, that we talked about last year was like, you said that, that fear and that hiding it type of a situation and i know for you that was something that you, the message you wanted to get out there that it was okay to not hide it yeah um, and and a lot of these messages that you've been getting has that been a common theme yeah yeah a lot of people that's you know they um they they, they talk about like hey you you made it okay and you made me realize i just have to find my crew my tribe i have to find the ones that when i show up to work they respect that part of my life. They respect that part of me and they know I'm just here to do the job. And, you know, and if they get to know you on the side and all, that's it. A lot of people really realize that it's just finding that right crew, you know? And um, that's the truth. That's the truth for everybody, right? Like yeah. no matter who you are, you have to right. find the right crew of people that you're with, whether it be your sexual orientation, your views on life, your definitely your politics these days is, is, oh. is way stronger than anything probably <laughs> or than it's ever been in the past i guess but you know I, I feel like it's the same for all of us right right what yeah about you, carrie like when, when we're talking about this you know you can feel free to chime in anytime too this is your podcast as well but you know that <laughs> hiding it stage of things was that something that you went through or no so I actually, when you, when you asked me to be on this, I did go back and listen to the last year's episode, yeah, last year's episode with, with Dallas. And, um, and I, I share the same feeling with him as like when, when Dallas, when you went to the, the new officer um, and was like, hey, I'm gay, but I just want, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to tell you myself. And, and he's like, oh, okay, like big dip, right? So um I've learned, like, I was uh, um, in this group in college. It was called Life, Love is for Everyone. And I had a, uh, the advisor that ran it um, said something that was really impactful to me. And I, I took it with me ever since. Um, she said that she shared an experience when she was interviewing for a job. And, um, and she 
she just said like because she has had she had had past um, problems with coming out afterwards and getting fired or whatever and um and I had actually been fired one time for it and uh and so after that I took what she said and ran with it and any interview that I have I I make I don't say hi I'm Carrie I'm gay <laughs> I, I that would be you know, weird just, <laughs> that would be right. a little strange I'm just gonna put that I, out there for everybody that would be a little weird exactly I just kind of subtly put it out there like yeah my wife and I just moved here from da 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 or you know so I just make them known like it make I make it known in the interview so if they choose not to hire me then for that reason then so be it but if but I I want them to know uh before they choose to hire me because I won't hide it um and I will I will come out and tell my crew about it but I find it the easiest is not to hide it, be honest and not push it in their face by any means, but just be like normal, you know, like, like the a heterosexual couple. My, my wife, yeah. you say your yeah. wife and I, okay. Exactly. That's the like my fam- right. Yeah, my family, my wife and I might, you know, whatever. I mean, and if you choose to say partner, if you're not married or, or whatever, but um, like, just be honest. And I found just being honest up front is so much easier because if people know that you're comfortable with it, they're going to be comfortable with it. Most of them. And yeah. those that aren't will either show it or, um, or will just be quiet. And that's kind of been my experience. Yeah, no, I think that that honest, that it's just being, again, you say being honest. It's the same as me. I'm married. That's my wife. These are my kids. The same as you say, it's my wife or it's my husband or my partner. No matter what you say, you're just sharing part of your life. And I feel like for the folks that aren't uh, as open as you guys are, let's say, you know, that pain inside, it just got to, it just has to keep growing. Right? And is that something that, that you've uh, heard about or experienced at all, that it's just growing and growing and almost making it worse and keeps them from, from coming out? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. And I think in today's, man, the, the, the political climate today and all that and just the rhetoric is probably adding to that, that internal monster that's eating you from the inside out, so, uh, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, however it's building. I think that's adding to it. And then if you go to a job or you go to a department, you know, and it's not supportive, your crew's not, or you're the joke of the day or the butt of the joke, or like I was said, told my last one, someone was always wanting to tell my story before I even got there. And that's why I finally went, I'm like, no, bro, I'm coming now. And it, and it was, I remember that moment and all um, that to that uh, captain I told, and it does, it does, it, 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 it just, it's weight off your shoulders. It's the same weight that was lifted off my shoulders when I was 16 years old. And I told my parents, I didn't say, I think I'm gay. I don't think, I think I'm this, that, or the other. I just said, I'm gay. And then the hallelujahs and the, you know, beat the Bible. Came <laughs> we were a good old church going family, you know, and it was, it was all about it. Yeah, I was still, even though I was struggling at that age, at 16, trying to figure me out, trying to figure out what was going on, because I had never been exposed to anybody who was gay, except one cousin who I saw randomly once a year, you know, at a, at a uh, family reunion. Um, it, that weight was lifted, even though I was trying to still figure me out, you know, and it does. It, it's in when you have support at work and all, and it's not an issue, it's even better. 
And, and I think that support is so key. And again, being honest and open is going to garnish you that support because the rest of us, you know, me being on the other side of the table, let's say, understand that, hey, this is this person, this is Carrie, this is Dallas, and this is their life. And you know, I'm 100% okay with it. I don't know if everyone I work with would be or not, but that's for them to figure out with, with the person that's saying it. So that having it inside, like I said, I just can't imagine the pain they must be feeling. And I just watched the Ted Lasso episode. Well, I didn't just watch it, but this season's Ted Lasso episode um, where there's some spoilers coming here where one of the football players comes out to the team. Oh. And I felt like it was done so well, mm -hmm. sort of explained that like sports end of it where they weren't mad at him for saying he was homosexual. They were mad at him for hiding the fact that he was homosexual from their friends or yeah. their family. And that family is the same as we should have in the fire service. It's not always going to be the Partridge family. Let's, you know, call it <laughs> what it is here, yeah. but we could do our best to make it that right. It was funny you say that because like, so me and the B shift captain are, are good friends. Um, and I'm on a shift um, and we're a pretty tight group. You know, um, I was a shift change. I was given the, the changeover report. This broke. We got this fixed, made this fire, blah, blah, blah. Wait, that and happens to you too. It doesn't just happen to me. Like things break in your firehouse. <laughs> well, no, things break and they magically make it to the workbench for a week. And they're like, oh, well, what happened? I go, well, that road that you took to get to the stations, the same road that will take you to supply to get this fixed. Because it Amazing. magically didn't get fixed by the station ferries in the middle of the night that come in and make things right. You know? Ours come in at night and they make things right. Like the help, I like to call those folks the, the helper elves. The yeah. helper elves like to help all the time. Uh, you should see me. If I walk in and see something on the bench, they're just like, and I'll pick that date up and see the date that this has been broke for a week. <laughs> But what I was getting at, I was giving the change of a report and one of his guys walked up to another guy and flat out called him a derogatory gay slur in front of me. Like I was standing right there and I went, hmm. And so I finished because I was wanting to get home and I just picked the phone up and I, I called and I said, Jeremy, I had to settle down before I called you, but this is what happened. And he didn't catch it because he was like on the phone and all. And he goes, I'll pull him in. I said, let him tell you this. An apology goes a long way. Because the ash tune they're gonna get next time from me is gonna be something serious. And he goes, okay. And he called back later and he goes, Oh, they do not want you chewing them out. They have already apologized. They'll be talking to you in the morning. <laughs> you know, but they, you know, they think it's too, it's almost like they're too relaxed around you sometimes. Yep. You know, I was just gonna say, and, and you get that too much of of comfortability that could happen there. And and speaking of comfortability, we're joined by my co-host mm -hmm. a few minutes late. Because uh, on the size up, we start on time, buddy. This isn't National Fire Radio. This is the size up. Fire Radio. But <laughs> welcome to the conversation, Robert. How are you today? Oh, I'm I'm fantastic. It's the day is going really well. Good, 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 good. I love your wood paneling that you have behind you. It's very. Uh, we just talked about the Partridge family a little bit, so it's very uh, <laughs> yeah. appropriate that I brought that up there. Um, we were singing your praises though a little earlier before you came on. Um, for the way the episode that we did with Dallas last year went and the way we just kind of, you know, sprung that it was the Pride Month episode uh, halfway through there. So, you know, we, we've just been talking about changes since then. So welcome to the conversation. Yeah, no, that was a good episode. And I, I got a lot of people uh, definitely were, you know, Dallas and I pulled it. Uh, I want somebody to pull a fast one, but we 
I, I, I love the segue that we were able to do there. I think that worked out perfectly because I mean, there was really no direction. Like it's not right. There's nothing. We were just going right and talking. It was like me rambling about the Houston fire department and asking questions. And at one, a lot of people who I pass the episode off to who are friends or whatever, and they go, I'm going to hear it. I go, you can just skip the first 20 minutes. Cause it's just <laughs> me just like, and I said, you already kind of know what it's going to be about. But I said, Dude, and most of them do. They're like, Oh yeah, I listened to about five minutes of you talking fire stuff, and I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped to the twenty-five minute mark where it gets yeah. good. That's where the juiciness starts. But what we were sort of Dallas just uh, just told a story about someone uh, in his station that maybe uh, was a little too comfortable and and used a slur in front of Dallas that he did not appreciate. So that comfortability factor that can occur kind of on the reverse side of of having that family. You know, Carrie, have you ever had? you know, that type of a situation come up where there's some folks that may be a bit too comfortable around you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all the jokes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, too, you know, where, it, again, if you take me as, as the opposite side of the spectrum and I'm making the joke, I mean, obviously, I get loads of jokes made about myself and uh, my height, my mustache, my weight, uh, my mohawk, uh, my, my podcast, my you name it. Sometimes they start to hurt, you know, over time and not everyone realizes that, but if you don't correct that person or correct that behavior, it's never going to change. That's a hundred percent true. But, and I, back to what I was saying, when I told uh, my buddy, I said that there, an ash tune is coming and it's not going to be a captain Cooper ash tune. It's going to be a Dallas Cooper, you know, ash tune. And um, that's not the one you want, you know, the badge comes <laughs> off. Let's go to the parking lot. We're, we're going to have to talk. You know, and, and I, I'm at that point in my life, you know, I just turned 47 and I'm just like, sometimes you're like, I'm just done with the crap, you know, there's jokes and then there's like jokes at your expense that are pushing it to and they're trying to push that. You do, you got to step up sometimes. It is the firehouse. I do get that. But the reason I look at it too is we may not know that other person sitting in that room. It may be another young gay firefighter male or female who hasn't come out yet. And that joke may be doing what you were talking about earlier, Rob, just bearing down on them while they try to make their way in this job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's definitely something that, again, I think as a culture, I feel like we're getting better at, at least where I work, I feel like we're getting better at it because there's definitely uh, things that were said when I was hired 20 years ago that are not said anymore is an easy yeah. way to put it. And if they are, uh, there's definitely, and it's not just me as an officer. I mean, there's there's senior firefighters and even younger firefighters looking over at that person like, nah, man, that, that we can't do that anymore. Like, yeah. and that goes into that changes in society and things like that. So I think it's a, it's a good way to move forward. Go ahead, Rob. I see you. No, I just I, I think that it's, you know, like you 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 run the balance of comfortability. And what I always try to impress upon people is that, um, you know, Dallas, Carrie, you know, even you, Pip, like we we all have a a commonality that we know each other and there's uh like i i said like you know the intent of the joke is a, like when it's a joke and it's humor it's a joke and it's a humor and tina face it's something about a fair hit but oftentimes what we get ourselves in is that we're not making a fair hit we're we're we're, we're, we're saying something that is that we don't realize it's offensive and like there's a line that gets crossed like i i, I have a i have a rule that you know the, the the R word is 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 off limits. Like, you know, I have somebody as I'm very close with. Their son has issues, and I just don't, I don't, uh, I don't tolerate it, and I don't tolerate deviations of the word. And 
I said to somebody one day, I was like, you know, you have to really like it, to you, it's funny, but to them, it's not, it's their, it's their life. And the same thing happens just in, in general with, with any kind of, you know, and, and you can say something and it can be offensive and you not realize it. The, the key point is not to be offended when the person corrects you, because you may not know something is a fact. Like there is, my sister used the term term once and she had no clue that it was a racial slur. She had heard it and like it wasn't in the context that, that it was. And she said it out loud in mixed company and like the record stopped. But like it didn't, like Janet was mortified. But at the same time, like she had friends who were like, hey, you, you, do you know what that means? And she's like, yeah, it just means to change lanes. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and yeah. but like, but she, she clearly had no idea what the terminology was. So I think like there's that. There's a, you know, and I missed the context before, but like, I, I, say, I say to people like, you know, hey, like, listen, and, and actually like, listen aggressively when somebody corrects you, because um, oftentimes, like, you don't have to beat yourself up, you don't have to be angry at them, but listen aggressively and hear where they're coming from, because you reflect on it and just, you know, I don't want to say move on, but apologize and, and, and go about with a, a new change in direction. So I don't know if I, I feel like I just rambled there. Oh man, it all it all made sense to what you said. And it's one of these things that, you know, we all like to say we're gonna leave the fire service better than we found it. And for some folks, you know, they are going to uh die on the hill that it's because they got their department to use smooth smoothbore nozzles and not combination tips, or they went to two and a half inch hose and that's it. But in reality, it's also you know, these emotional things that we're, we're talking about now and these interpersonal things that, look, just because 20 years ago in the fire service, it was okay to say or do something doesn't mean it is anymore. Um, and it's something with the show. Uh, so I do love the TV show Entourage. And I listened to a podcast with it. And that show did not age well. And the host of that show started realizing maybe by like the eighth episode that he was doing, like, wow, this show really didn't age well. And uh, the R word that you mentioned there is used like, I can't even count how many times. And then I think about my younger youth and using that word. And I was like, I don't even know if my kids know that word is a good way to put it now. And that's okay. It's okay that we've progressed. And I think, I hope we progressed more than we were a year ago when we did this episode. Um, unfortunately, I feel like there's a new fight out there and I guess we'll probably get into that eventually. But um, yeah, it's just that leaving it better than we found it. So the one at my fire station for a long time was the, um, and Carrie, you probably heard this, people would say like, uh, well, that's so gay, that's so gay. And I turned and I turned to me like, how? I said, you're making that a negative, right? So you're making being gay in it by saying that's so gay, just like with the other people would say that's so, you know, and do it. It's a negative connotation and you just got to like, you got to stand up to it sometimes and it may make you the uncool guy or the not fun guy but you know it, it, it's it's doing it i really believe standing up and saying the right thing and stopping some of this stuff and that is is helpful for that little quiet person in the corner you know we have oh my gosh they are scheduling <laughs> they didn't even tell us this was coming but they're scheduling these high school students to come ride our ambulance who are taking emt courses and all and these kids are 16 17 one of them had to get dropped off they couldn't even drive into the firehouse it like caught shift change i walked in one morning i literally like i was like hey whose kids here today they're like oh no she's right <laughs> i was like oh this is bad 
And so then I'm on, the phone, I'm on the phone with the EMS supervisor, like, hey, do you know about this? Yeah. And I was like, nobody said anything. And I like go out in the bay. I'm like, everybody get over here now. Like right now, there's a 15 meeting. <laughs> like go out in the parking lot, get whatever out of your system. <laughs> you know? But that's the person who the young kid that may, you know, come from an abusive relationship. And we just came back from another assault call, you know, and someone's making jokes about it or something. You know, so that's that's where I kind of got to look at it. I think more now, just not as a person or as an officer, just in general for society. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, like when things like that are said, like that's so gay, or um, like I don't like the the f word in um, in those terms. Um, yeah. If someone says that, then I definitely shut that down, and then we have a conversation about boundaries and about expectations, um, like sure i'll joke with you and and i'll you know laugh about the the lighter stuff but when it comes to using who i am as a derogatory thing um then that's that's a boundary that i i i set with other people i don't respect that i you know if i said that's so straight as being negative heterosexual people would probably get offended or you know like um just those are already known you know like it's and i don't know why this isn't like why why are we still using those terms um as a negative kind of like a notion towards somebody um but yeah i definitely shut that down and let let my crews that i'm working with know where my boundaries are like you don't talk about my family i wouldn't talk about yours you know whatever like your boundaries are with yourself is probably the same as mine but also these terms are not allowed in front of me and i would highly respect if you thought about not using them when i'm not present either like right. and i tell them and and i explain why you know like because you just never know who's around you and um and who it may affect and how sensitive that term is at that point um and so it's a good discussion for everybody. It's a, it's a teaching moment. Um, and I, it, I don't, it steers people in the right direction. And it, it's such a good, like, I loved how you said it's a teaching moment because mm -hmm. right, it's our job in, in every aspect of the way to teach others everything, right? In my opinion, you're always sharing. And if you didn't say that to your crew, they wouldn't understand that. And some of them may need to be educated on that because they were not raised in, a family sort of like how Dallas said, you know, he had one homosexual cousin that he saw once a year. Um, so we're still to that point. I, again, I do, I still feel like society is getting better. We're just nowhere near where we need to be um, when it comes to that understanding. And, you know, when you have these younger firefighters or have a, a high school ride along in the firehouse with you, I mean, regardless of anything, that has to change how everyone is because, these are people looking up to you and how do you want to be looked up to? You know, do you want to be looked up as the person that was highly offensive in every way, shape or form, or do you want to be looked up as a professional like you should be? Right. One thing I wanted to add real quick was like, when we correct it, it's very personal, but when a friend or somebody in the room corrects it, it really, you know, says, Hey man, this isn't cool. Cut that conversation out. That, that just, that's the world to me. Like when you have a friend stand up for you, they didn't have to. I mean, I mean, yeah, they, in my opinion, they should because it's correcting a bad behavior. But when you, somebody's doing something 
and they stand up and like, hey man, check that out. That that just that person just gets elevated for me because it's it's not always gonna make you the popular cool guy. You know, you're, you're, you're you'll get the not fun guy label. Did you know Modus makes mini spanners, aka pip sized ones? The Modus mini spanners are ultra lightweight, only two point five ounces each, and fit easily in your bunker gear pockets. So basically, a great product to carry with you at all times. The double tip design allows you to use the mini spanner multiple ways, pushing or pulling. So head over to modusfirerescue.com and tell them the size up sent you by using code the size up, one word, to save five percent off your order. Absolutely. Do you guys? Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, sorry, no worries. Um, I was just saying I agree that um, it's very um, respectful of others to to stand up um, and say it because no matter if they're a friend of ours or not, it's just respectful for any group of people, you know, like um, just to stand up for something that's wrong. And, you know, oftentimes it might just be what people are used to saying, how they grew up um, and it was like in their environment. And so they just need that repetition of correction and just a reminder like, hey, uh, let's try and use a different word, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then they, the more that they get corrected, they're like, oh, shoot, you know, like they, they catch themselves and then they correct their own behavior. Sometimes they may need a more stern reminder from you, but constant <laughs> remind, like the way that you put that, the very gentle, soft way that you put it. It's just like a constant reminder. And then one day, yeah. <laughs> a shut the F up type reminder or, you know, but that's it. And it's, again, it's those teaching moments that really matter. Good. I was going to say too, like you, because I've I've gotten the, you know, in, in dealing with similar issues, I've gotten the excuse that, oh no, my friend is X Y Z, and I always say, is your friend here? Like, oh, they're not, because like your relationship with them can be completely different than what this relationship that's going on in this room is, and the context is missing, and everything else. So it doesn't mean it's appropriate. I have friends from all over. So like, I just, cause I find that that's that, that always a struggle as somebody, um, you know, will say something like they'll, they'll, they'll relate, a, a, like, I don't want to say a time they've been given permission, but I don't know how to quite articulate it, um, that they've been out with, with a different group of people, but now they're in this professional environment and they're making this joke and they think they've gotten a, you know, like a car blanche, um, approval to, to say something. And that's not what's going on and Carrie I, I just like how you put the repetition of behavior and like because I think that you know that's that's the important part is like you know it, like because nobody's I don't think anybody's trying to hem anybody up when it comes to like it's not like Dallas is walking in or Carrie's walking in and being like all right my goal today is if somebody slips up pink slip time like we're getting like no like because that's not the life that you guys want to live and that's not what it's ultimately about it's that corrective action and and that repetition and like kind of like being like hey like this like and, and eventually like you said like it, it it kicks because you have to break whatever was before and i think so many times um there's like a little bit of humility in it i don't know if that's the right w way to say it but like mm -hmm. it's like you have to because like i i don't know i've 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 just had some stuff sometimes where people have said something and i've just been like silent and they're like yo wow you're not usually a one to not say something and i'm like yeah <laughs> 
Um, so about I need that. a minute. Now, now is the time to not say yeah. something. Watch, this, yeah. is, this is a time where I'm going to not say something, believe yeah. it. Like, Rob, I, I think that... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Carrie. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that situation that you were discussing is a poor justification when right. a cop-out, like, yeah. just to just to like be cool or just to say something and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but it's okay because blah, blah, blah. It's not okay. Right. It's, it, you know, that doesn't give you a re like a good, a valid reason to say any of that. Um, but also um, what I was gonna say is like the, the psychological person in me is um, reinforcing positive behavior is, um, is helpful as well. So if someone, I mean, they don't have to say it and then be corrected. They could say something like, um, are you like, are you married or do you have a partner instead of assuming like, where's your husband or um, do you have a wife or something? If, if they ask like, um, do you have a partner? Uh, are you married? Like just in subtle ways like that, like I would say, thank you for not assuming that I have a husband or, you know, thank you for wording it that way. And I appreciate that. You know, and so reinforcing that positive behavior gives them like this big smile, like they did something right. You know, they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so then that's also a teaching moment for them. And then also they go and teach somebody else that instead of like, oh, don't, don't say gay around her because she's going to chew your head off kind of thing. So I actually ran into that. Uh, I was doing an overtime shift at a station. Didn't nobody on, know anybody on this. And I'm standing there and it was just morning conversation. And the guy just goes, so what does your wife do? And I just said, oh, I have a partner and he does blah, blah, blah. And you saw him for a second and he just goes, yeah, I shouldn't have just assumed that. <laughs> and he was really funny. He was really cool about it. Then he, you know, he asked more and then like, you know, the conversation was able to easily progress into a friendly conversation that, but he, the look on his face, like he was, I think he was cooking breakfast or he's at the counter. He just did the whole yeah and like had that moment but it you know it was a small teaching moment for him where he actually kind of i think taught himself more than me teaching him you know and so you know in the rest of the day you know we, there weren't any issues and this that and the other but it, it was kind of like i very can vividly remember it. and that's all i not so long ago and he was super hey how's it going and this that, and the other so you know i think a lot of times and it's i feel yeah we can teach people but when they can teach themselves you know, it, it's actually, it's better because then they have a little more humility in it all instead of mm -hmm. you and the guy that's over here, like, this is why you should or shouldn't do that, you know? No, and that's better in, in any aspect of anything. If you could have someone, like you just said, teach themselves or he caught himself in that, like, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. And then actually verbalized it. Didn't even just, oh, yeah. and was like, man, I, I just, and anyone else that was in that room was probably like, oh, good yeah. call. Good call, Chief, as we like to say on things yeah. like uh, good, good call with that. But I think, too, with, you know, the, the changes that are happening in society and, and everything being more just in our face these days, you know, because of social media, because of the media, not just social media, but how, you know, any situations that you never would have thought would be an issue are currently an issue for some strange reason. And how has that affected you in this past year um, since we talked last, Alice or Carrie, whoever wants to go first? You know, what's happening, you know, in the country these days? Um, 
and we're if that's too Texas. deep, we don't have to talk about it. But we're in Texas, so. <laughs> well, I do, and too, so, so we have, so this is interesting too, because you have on my, I'm looking on the screen, you know, have Rob and I who are in states where really, I don't know, I guess this doesn't matter as much, let's say, you know, the outwardly um, uh, against homosexual people, their LGBTQ community does not happen in New Jersey as much as not happen in New York. You guys are in South Carolina and Texas, which for us is a different world to begin with. And now we're going to add this layer in. So throwing that out there. Is a I mean, there's times it, it, I'll just, we went to, uh, we went out of town this weekend to a little town called Wimberley, Texas. It's up in the hill country. And it was really cool to walk the streets. Um, uh, there was the, so you have the pride flag and the progress flag. The progress flag is the newer one. Um, it's kind of got a triangle on it. It's got keep, more color. I was going to ask what that was. because More I inclusive of um, a lot of stuff. And it's the newer one. So, um, but you would go up to businesses and it's not something you see in Texas a lot, unless you're like in Austin or the big cities. And where we're at, we, I'm still surprised Target has the pride display up. But um they had the stickers on the doors and one business had the big pride flag. So it felt a lot different. And then as we came home, I remember I stopped at this gas station. I'm just like, pump the gas and get out of town. <laughs> but I mean, the political climate does weigh heavy at times. Um, but fortunately, like at, at my work level, oh, cut the dogs out. Uh, yeah, sorry. Work level, I have a very supportive crew. Um, our station is. And even if they don't agree, we just don't this stuff doesn't come into the firehouse on my shift. Now you go to another shift, but, uh, the one captain I relieve um, on the D shift, he's got, he's up waiting for me in the morning. He's got that Fox news on in the office and he's just talking about it and, and he'll make comments about Democrats. And I just go, you've been relieved. You know, you can go home now. <laughs> you know, Cause like, we're not going to have this conversation. You picked the wrong audience. <laughs> You could watch whatever you want, but now yeah, I, oh, um, the remote is mine now. I'm changing it. Oh, I just turned it off. Turn. I don't actually watch the TV at the station in my office. I'll go watch it with the guys, but they mounted it up there. And like, you have to sit in the recliner. So I just like, I'm like, I don't need this. <laughs> but fortunately for my crew, we don't, we just don't talk about, it. I mean, the politics stuff. So, I mean, it, it does add a layer at the station, I think, when it does. Because I have filled in at other stations, and I've been like, they're literally yelling at each other about the same point, just trying to be louder. I'm like, aren't you both arguing the same? And I'm That's just like, you win a firehouse argument. You are louder than the, you don't have to be right or wrong. Or, you're just louder. Yeah. You're louder and I walk in, I'm just like, y'all haven't left this table for two hours, and I'm going back to the office and shutting the door. <laughs> How about with you, Carrie, you know, what's going on in the world where you are? I don't know about you, Dallas, but I get a lot of like um, assumption conversations, like just because I am gay is like, oh, so you're, you're a, you're a Biden lover and you, you voted this, you voted that. And like, you like, this is what you believe, huh? This is what like, bleh. and they are putting words into my mouth all the time and and yes. wanting to like get a rise out of me and I don't talk politics at the fire station I just don't but that's how I like create my boundaries on that like oh, yeah. I I am not I'm, I'm not gonna set myself up for that 
conversation or that like drama. I, I don't like drama. And so there are a lot of Republicans um, in the South and a lot of um, really um, passionate. You could do passionate. Yes. yes that's a nice way to put it. Very passionate. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Very passionate people about um, that that party and about those things. And that's fine. They can believe what they want. Just let me believe what I want and don't shove it in my face because I don't shove it in yours. Or tell and me I'm Exactly. Like we can we can have a an intellectual conversation, but as soon as it gets out of hand or like I'm right, this and whatever it starts an argument, then I'm like, all right, we gotta back this up. Um, mm -hmm. let's take a break. This is not where I want this conversation to go. And and I just I don't like that um, heated conflict. Like yes. you can you can agree to disagree or whatever all day long, but as soon as it just becomes a fight, like an argument, that's mm -hmm. when I I shut it down and I'm like, I, I don't want to be a part of this because it's making me feel toxic and I, I don't like that. Um, do, do so, that, like people, because I oftentimes that I, like, I, I've, I've, I've struggled with the, the concept of privilege before because it's just like in the last couple of years, I started to actually take a look at it. But like, one thing that I've, I've had the conversation with other firefighters about is I said, like, listen, you've never, like, Tell me the last time that you went on a date with a female as a, uh, you know, like in a male-female relationship and somebody shunned you for it. Somebody told you that it was wrong. Somebody told you that it was against God's will. And all these very personal attacks. As it's like when we're, as when we're, we're, we're talking with somebody about this, like I, I always have to kind of remember to approach it from this, uh, the sideline, like in it, whether it be politics, like, you know, you're talking about Dallas or like, the assumptions of, of things because like we've you know my life I have just essentially lived my life and I think the biggest thing that I ever got upset that people assumed was when Rescue Me first came out I was trying to go on a couple dates and people thought I was like Tommy Gavin in the fire station just like man whoring myself and they're like no I saw that show I don't want to date you and I was like I think it's really flattering that you think that I'm that good all these there things was, like um there was a compliment in there yeah, yeah. But, like, but you know like 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 and i, I just I, I always like i said like just take a little bit of the humanity side of it and understand that like because that's that's the one thing that i i, I really had like that, that like I, i'll say personal growth on is to know that like hey like i i've never experienced like what dallas i'm like when dallas and i Talk. It was probably Dallas by far has been one of the best interviews I've ever done in my life because it was so real. And at the end of it, I just remembered being like, like, because like there was just so much that I got got from that. And like, like you, you the two of you, and and I, I would have, I don't want to assume, but like in, in ways have had to, uh, you know, like go against the grain and how you want to, and and just being who you are. And especially when you're in like South Carolina and Texas. And I always try to like just kind of drop that and be like, you like, I tell my guys and girls because it's, it doesn't really, it's like people can be uh, bigots in both sexes. It doesn't matter. Right. But like I say, like, you've never had to fight. Like nobody's ever persecuted you for your beliefs. Um, and you can't use politics because there's, you know, they're yelling at each other all the time. Like, I mean, you know, who you are, who you love 
who, how you choose to love. Nobody's ever gone and made you feel bad about it before, um, or or just tried to go again, like you know, in that in that context. And it's so like I just, and and then I get angry. So, <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's there's it's like they want to argue that your existence existence isn't valid at times, you know, like even though you're standing right in front of them. Yeah, yeah, like you know, this is me. You're telling me I can't be here. Yeah, you know, and 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 like I said, and the persecuted, and then you have the people that want to um talk to you. You know, the religious side of it, this, that, and the other, and why it's wrong. I'm like, who amongst your other friends have you ever sat and had this conversation? What other coworkers have you gone? Have you gone and talked to the guy that's on his third marriage, and and everyone's been broken up because of an affair? Have you tried to discuss that with him? You know, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, so why is it me? Why is it us? And and yeah, at times it does get heavy. And when you kind of turn it on some a little bit, and then you also, we actually have in our rules and regs, the political and religious discussions are not to be had. It works. Doesn't work at all. Yeah, <laughs> like they wasted, the, they wasted the ink in writing that. But, you know, it's, I can, I've thrown that in, not now. Um, I've been in the past, I've been like, hey, we're technically not supposed to have this conversation. It's a little bit of an out for me, but it ended it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, those those conversations um, uh, they can get uh, a little sensitive towards other people. So I I don't know about you, Dallas, but I can kind of sense somebody's view before I even talk to them or like if you know like they're how how they're interacting or like whatever they're wearing or whatever you know like what their beliefs are or whatnot and so um I kind of I know I told you I don't hide it but I also kind of avoid situations like that and so if I have to if they ask me a question about my family or something I kind of like I feel that out in them like who they are first and then I will either choose to say my wife or I'll just say my partner so I am vague or um or I just be even more vague depending on that just because I don't want that I don't want that conflict or um you know to create any ill man like yeah, there's no there's you, no reason you know to go mean? down that road all the time you know like, yeah it's just easier to just move on and that's gonna be them yeah it, it goes i think too in in the generalized political conversation because i think everyone probably has that rule that you're not supposed to be talking politics at the firehouse yeah. right uh, even like though if... it occurs or religion or anything like that um, yeah but i think what you're what i'm hearing at least from what you're saying here is that you know sometimes it's just easier to just it's almost like a walk away like it's almost yeah. like you know, you're a little kid and you're about to get into a fight and you should probably just walk away and it's right. not your decision. Right. I know there's staunch religion, like and like all about that. And and I say my wife or something, then they're gonna go off on me and I that's not like the thing that I want to do. <laughs> so so I avoid that at sometimes. Um I, a lot of times I'll say are you married this, that, and the other? And I like to cut the, if I feel like it's a person I can talk with and like have a conversation with and we can be cordial, I'll say, well, I have a partner, um, but we don't have a law firm or a flower shop. And it throws them off. They're like, oh, you're not partner. Oh, partner. Oh, you know, just kind of break the ice a little bit, you know? 
And, uh, but that's, you know, if I felt like, okay, this is a person I can do, if they're not, I'll just say, yeah, I have a partner and he's a scientist. And then like, bye. <laughs> you could probably say to someone and they still look back at you with like a blank stare. Like, I don't uh, get it. I said that to a guy not so long ago. Uh, I said, I have a partner. Yeah. And we don't have a law firm. <laughs> yeah. just, they were like, it was like painful. <laughs> like <laughs> you can see, you can see the smoke. Yeah, I was like, and then goes, "Oh, he did the whole oh like that." You know, and it's one of those things too because we, we consistently have this. I don't want to say thrown in our face, but it's thrown in your face on social media, at least, you know, we're, we're as firefighters, we're here for them and we're here for them and we have to help them. And for some of these folks that may be bigoted or racist or whichever terms we want to use to describe them, listen, you're here for them. You don't know who they are mm -hmm. when the room is smoky and dark or what they believe or anything. So why should it matter? It's even worse that you're bringing it up and, and making it an issue with me, your coworker, you know? Yeah. I always kind of sometimes feel it, it just shocks me. I mean, Houston's huge. Um, I, I don't know how many we have, but, you know, our largest, we were like 4,100. And how guys would act surprised, you know, we have 90-something fire stations and something, and then they'd be surprised that out of these 4,000 people, oh, there's a gay guy. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we were bound to slip through the cracks at some point. You know? <laughs> we got one. We got one. I found it. <laughs> I'm the one as well. I feel like you may have more than one though in Houston. I would just oh no, there's plenty. I just, no, no. That's always my joke. Yeah, there's a good bit of us. And we're, we're in the um, uh, uh, we do the thing in the Pride Parade. You know, they um, they used to put a really nice truck, and the union puts a truck in it now. Um, and lots of people come and ride and support and stuff like that. So, but yeah, no, there's 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 from district chief down, or and I don't know if anybody in the admin, but I try not to get involved with the administration. Smart, smart move, right, Robert? Very much so. But it, it's good to to see again. Like I, I do feel like, even though you know, I think we spent a little bit of time on the negativity end of it because that's going to be there. But I do feel as though we're moving forward, right? I feel as though the fire service is progressing in in the acceptance and tolerance of everyone, you know, race, religion, sexual preference. Um, we're nowhere near where we should be at all, but we are progressing. Probably everybody but Florida. But. <laughs> Could be yeah. a whole different state, a whole different state down there. <laughs> I, I think, I, I mean, I think it, we are. I think from what I saw when I started um, as a volunteer in 96, right out of high school, um, oh man, my first night as a volunteer, they were discussing having an after, well, we call them after action now, but they were having, they called it something for a fire they made. And this guy just kept bragging. He kept calling it the Fruit Loop fire. Well, I'm a young volunteer sitting, I don't know. And it was a homeless, a gay couple that had gotten a fight and lit the house on fire. And they pulled one of them out. Apparently he was naked and all. So they kept, that was my first day. Like I said, hey, I want to come volunteer. Um, and, and they said, okay, here's our meeting. You know, the volunteers had a meeting. It was Wednesday night and I'm sitting in the back of the room and they just kept, and they used the other word, um, the F bomb, not the fuck it bomb, but the, the other one all the time in that conversation, like, and nobody, but you could tell people in the room are like, this isn't okay, but nobody would say anything. Cause the guy that was saying it was the assistant chief, but that was my first, that would not happen today. I can guarantee you, you know, and I think it probably is a small 
podunk town that it might be okay yet. But for the most part of the fire service day, I don't, that wouldn't be acceptable behavior, you know, in, in a meeting that, <laughs> that would be an HR followed by an HR meeting. <laughs> Many HR meetings after yeah. that. One, for I sure. mean, that, yeah, I mean, that was in 96. I mean, years ago, that was, you know, that, that's not that long ago, in my opinion. You know? no, I agree with you because I graduated high school in 96 as well. It's not that long ago. Hundred <laughs> percent agree on that on that yeah. part of the statement. <laughs> but it, it it's good to see that progressing forward. And you know, and Carrie, you were just at FDIC. You know, we were there too. And I feel like um, at least this year was the first year that I could say there were the easiest way to put it is is less people that look like me. You know, I felt like there were many different minorities represented there, uh, many female firefighters there. There always are a fairly large amount of female firefighters at FDIC, but even more this year than in the past. Um, Had you been before, Carrie, or was this your first time? Uh, Yeah, last year as well. Okay. So, I mean, did you get that feeling, you know, when you were out and about and different things that were going on there as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, um, yeah, there was, there was more, were more, uh, females than I expected. Um, and that's, that's really awesome that they get really involved in different aspects of it, you know, from the firefighter challenge to, um, to different booths and to, um, all the activities and whatnot. Um, and the last year I did attend the women in fire conference and, uh, that was, that was pretty fun, um, to, to see all the women, you know, just individually, like in classes and stuff. And I mean, there were men in there too, but, um, and then uh, the instructors being, like a lot of them being female, there were I feel like uh, there were female instructors this year too, like from what uh-huh. I remember reading through the, the, the pamphlet there, um, which again, mm-hmm. it, it has progression. You know, we're, we are not going to uh, change the fire service with the, uh, the size up by national fire radio podcast part two here. Um, but I feel like we can help make it again, leave it better than we found it and keep trying to make it better. And the toolbox that you guys have kind of laid out here over the past hour, we've been talking and we didn't have a plan in the beginning for how this was going to go. But I really do think that the two of you have given folks a very good toolbox to go to if they're in a situation that they may have to think about something, right. And, and be like, Hmm, what do I do here? Let me pull this tool from my toolbox. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I watch, or watch, I listened to uh, the FDNY Pro podcast and it was like very good to listen to. Um, it was uh, episode 88 and it was uh, Battalion Chief Michelle Fitzsimmons and uh, Rochelle Rocky Jones who had retired and like to hear their stories and especially for for Rocky, who who went was like one of the first females hired back in the day, and like I, and I've heard her story a couple times. Like it's like to see where we are now, and like I was just I was so proud of the fire service in listening to that podcast because of just like because I know that we've made huge strides when it comes to all of these things, but we still have a lot of work to do, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, we I mean my my department. We hired our first uh, female this year, and you know, like it, it, it came with a lot of learning. And then she, she had a kid, so now we're, we're, we're learning all the, uh, like the stuff for you know, like, um, for like the maternity leave and everything else. And that, and and 
like it was it was a big thing but like we like i I, i'll give everybody credit here too like they accepted it with open arms and you know i'm happy to see see that happening more and more i look forward to the day where we're not hearing the first female or the first black person or the first uh gay person or the first transgender or like all this like I look forward to the progression to be even that much more impactful and and that we can just be employees in fire service. We can be firefighters. Yeah, We're not, yeah. That's what we all want to yeah. be, right? That's it. That's, yeah. Everybody wants to be a firefighter that or should. Everybody that's at work should yeah. be a firefighter. Um, and then that's yeah. really the title, right? And then all these yeah. other things kind of come with it. But, you know, it, it'd be great to not hear the first you know, anymore. Right. We're getting there. You're you know? a firefighter, a paramedic, you know, a chief, like whatever it is, that's, that's, that's your term. That's who you like, what you are, not, not who, like, it doesn't matter like who you, like what you are. It's right. how you do There's the always job. There's going to be that small group that it is going to matter, that they're always going to be there. Like, I think if that group that it doesn't matter to, and like I said, in the first whatever's gone away, that's the voices that need to be louder. And, and that don't be, don't let the little group that those things matter to, or that it bothers them. Don't, don't let them be the, the, um, the voice that is the voice of a reason per se, you know, when they aren't in all actuality. You and I, I think too, you got to drink, you got to drown the haters and the bigots out. And yeah. in your way that I think we're doing that, at least I know it in my department for sure. You know, when I uh, got hired and took firefighter one, I went to a fire academy and it was uh, four weeks long. And then we were like, hey, you're on the fire engine now. Uh, now we're running our own academy and it is, uh, I don't even know, three and a half or four months long. Maybe we're up to five months now at this point. And in their training, they're learning the history of our department and they're learning inclusion. You know, the the HR class that we get, however often we get it, is being taught to them in the academy, and it's being stressed more and more, and they're being taught by our own firefighters. Um, our female firefighter is their assistant instructor, one of our females, um, and it's just this new world that we're in now that, hey, we're going to keep moving this ball forward, and they're going to be better firefighters. They come out better firefighters than I was when I came out of the fire academy, for sure. What that's type, really awesome like for, you know carrie dallas like what are i'm trying to think how to pose the question but like what what are things that we that are what can we do better is that what you want to yeah, ask yeah like, what, what can what we do better not being done that should be done to help because like, i mean pips pips in new jersey so they're teaching inclusion we're teaching the same thing in new york um and this is old hat for us but like what what is it that the fire service can be doing better because we're always listening after a fire that if we went if we went to a job right now the four of us would be on the back step afterwards and i'd be like all right like first off i know i'm out of shape so i'm breathing a little heavy but uh, i'm working on it you know but like like we'd have that conversation so like what can we do better for the fire service like what's what are we what back, are we we're looking missing? for back step takeaways as we, yeah. we wrap up the episode here what are some back step takeaways I think one of the thing, and Carrie touched on it, and we both have is 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 helping to correct behaviors, but not make it when you correct it that you're an asshole. You know, if they don't seem receptive at first and all, you know, circle back to it later. Maybe the moment in time um, just wasn't right. Um, 
I know one of the big things as an officer, like if we have a problem with somebody, the first thing you have to do is pull them in and find out what's going on that's affecting this, right? Why are you being this way? And that's something you can do too. You know, why do you think this is okay? Okay, you say you, and Rob touched on this earlier, um, you had the guy that says, well, I'm a, my, I have a friend who's gay and he lets me act this way. Well, turn it around a bit. He goes, but have you truly ever acted this way in front of your friend? Or are you just doing that because you're in the fire station in front of your buddies right now? And just, you know, and I think that's a big thing, a lot of it, you know, don't, I mean, I don't know if Rob, you were here earlier when I was talking about the guy who dropped the derogatory bomb, uh, word right in front of me at shift change. And we had been up and I could have lashed out. I had every right to, you know, also had every right to go downtown and file a complaint on him, but that's not my my mode of operation i waited i got home drank a cup of coffee calmed down and now called his captain and and he and his first his captain goes yeah we shouldn't use that word in the fire station then he stopped he goes actually that that word just shouldn't be said at all so i think i think the biggest thing is, is like carrie said we have teachable moments you know correcting behavior you know i mean it's the same thing if we were at a fire let's say we all went and Pip couldn't force the door and we worked with him. Next fire couldn't force the door and we worked with him. We're going to correct the behaviors until we get it right, right? It's the same with, you know, social issues and respect of each other. You know, that's just my personal. I can yeah. force doors, by the way. I can totally force doors. I'm just going to throw it. <laughs> just an example, Pip. I'm, I, I'm just saying. Door for shit, so. <laughs> I can totally go tomorrow now. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna practice so much tomorrow on the forcible entry trainer now because I'm like, if I don't do this, it's gonna be over for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> riding on engine ten, I can tell you that much for sure. <laughs> go ahead, uh, it's a little off subject, but they started buying forcible entry doors and posting them around the city. And so I had a guy fill in from the station that had the forcible entry door, and I said, "Force that door." And he was looking at the howling and like, "When did we get these?" And finally, I was like, "Move!" You know, and I'm like, "You're at the station with the forcible entry door." <laughs> and my rookie was standing there looking at him like, "I said, I don't know." Guys. <laughs> the fire's getting worse. Please move. <laughs> really need to get in there now. Yeah, I wrote his captain a nice little email. Hey. <laughs> They want to work on this a little more. Carrie, what do you got for a, a takeaway here as we're, we're getting closer to wrapping up? Um, just uh, to bounce off of Dallas, what he said, um, like after like creating that re like that positive reinforcement or that that correction or something, just reiterating that that your station is a safe space, um, and and like and if anybody doesn't want to be in that space um, ask for a transfer or, you know, like, like go, go find, go find your people. But if you absolutely support those minorities like us or, or whatever, then stand up for us and, and make that safe space, create that safe space and, and correct those negative behaviors. So then others around you and, um, and around everybody else knows that, that this crew is a, a safe crew. This crew is the one I want to be on. This crew is the one that I can come to and I can talk to and I can, if, if I haven't came out yet, I can, I can, you know, take them aside and talk to them or, you know, like whatever it is, like they feel safe with you. Um, I think that's a, a very important thing that hasn't really been done a whole lot within the fire service. It's just, it's just making that known like that your, your station or your crew 
is a safe space to to discuss whatever you know like you have your table talk you have you know your your dinner conversations or something that's something that could be said you know like just if anybody wants to talk about anything doesn't have to be lgbtq related or whatever but like if you need to talk about something you are allowed to in this firehouse um and so i think that's really important to to validate that and to let your crew know um that that you can be a family that you can support one each other one another and and talk about those things and that's the key as you said it right there it's, it's supporting one another right and letting them know you know we we again with peer support teams and with being more open about feelings and what calls do to us and how we process them you know this is just one more of those things and calling it I, I never really thought to call it a safe space before but that's exactly what it is for all of us you know to express our feelings and to maybe you know not go into that third uh marriage divorce whatever you want to call it because on your first one you spoke to some folks that maybe have been down that road and can help you not go down that same pattern of uh failed firefighter marriages, which we see occasionally happening. I, you know, I, I thought too, Carrie, like when you said that, you know, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, when you started to say the station is a, a safe space, I was just going, oh, Jesus, if I have to talk to the guys about making the firehouse a safe space, they're going to like, you know, they're just going to like, I know what I'm going to hear. And I'm not like, we're going to be doing like training. Um, but the one thing that like, we're, what I picked up on, onto it was I, I thought about like everything we do in the fire service for like hose line advancement and putting water on the fire and we're creating a survivable space. So why wouldn't we create a survivable space in our own station for somebody who's struggling or just trying to live their life? And that, that like, it just, I, it, in that moment, I flipped the script on like creating a safe space and related to creating survivable uh, space in a burning building. I'm going to do the same thing in my station because I don't care who's here. I want them to be comfortable. I want them to have all of those things because ultimately if they don't have that, they're not going to be an effective member of our team because they're going to be worried about other things. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. We should make that a sticker. I, I, and it's going to be that like, title, hand be the title of this episode. And yes. I think it's like, you know, Rob, you just bringing it home there at the end with the survivable space. Like I think the yeah. four of us have a class we could do at FDIC next year. Like we could put in a class now with a tool, probably not. Absolutely. Rob, you two could definitely do it and steal what Rob and I <laughs> But okay. I'll just do the intro for you. I'll be like, oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but I, oh, not to drag it out. No, no, no. That hit with me, Rob. It really did. Because I've, I've yeah. used the space thing like so much. Like my home is a safe space. When Mark was with the university, he was um, an advisor to the one of the LGBT groups who Texas A&M literally told him when he was on the board, we just have you on here because we need the, the space filled. He didn't have an opinion. But we would host events here, like mixers for the come and all these young undergrads would come to these things. And they would, I was always telling them, this is always a safe space for you. But survival takes you back to my early days. I was trying to survive in the fire service. And if I'd had yeah. that crew that let me know that this is a safe space and it's survivable, those younger years might have been a lot different. Mm -hmm. 100%. That is awesome. And I'm so happy we got together and did this. And we probably shouldn't wait until June to do it again next year. Um, and we can <laughs> we can definitely what's that? Basically, it's still May. Technically, <laughs> <laughs> today is still May, but the episode's coming out in June. Remember, I think last year, by the time we got our schedules to work out, we were recording in June, but it really came out in July or like the yeah, last day of June. We're like, we just got it in. We just got it in. So we're ahead of the curve. Here. 
I think it, it worked out great last year. It is 100. Absolutely. But we're definitely going to keep this going, and I, I really do that. You know that that survivable space will be the title of this, and I really do feel like it's something we can all springboard off of in our own stations to try to 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 get that message out there for this month. Um, and it's awesome. So I want to thank you guys for for coming along this journey with me again here in the Size Up by National Fire Radio, episode 20. You missed it, Rob. I get excited when I say the number because it just keeps going. Like, it's kind of yeah. cool. You're crushing um, it. Yeah. I'm crushing it. I'm, yeah, I'm crushing it so much out there. We're just, we're just crushing it. Tuesday mornings. Tuesday mornings with Pip are just crushing it. But <laughs> I do love it. I'm going to throw everyone's social media tags down in the show notes below so you can find them however you're listening to us. Um, as always, I want to thank uh, the guests for coming on, our sponsors for this month, um, especially uh, our newest sponsor, Modus Fire Rescue. Um, you can use code the size up and save yourself 5% on any of their really cool fire tools they make and maybe a cool fitness tool that'll be coming out soon from them that I may know something about or not. Um, <laughs> I want to thank Jeremy for again, giving to me this chance to, to have the size up back on and until next week, we'll talk to you then. National fire Radio.